Thank you for tuning in to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. You're listening to Talkline with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner. I think it's been a while since we last had Rabbi Alan Schwartz with us, the spiritual leader of Congregation Oev Tzedek in Manhattan, where he's been there since 1988, alumnus of Yeshiva College. He was granted smicha from Rabbi Yitzchak Theological Seminary. Currently holds the Raymond J. Greenwald Chair of Jewish Studies at Yeshiva University. He's been teaching there since 1983. He also teaches at MDS as well as at Stern College. And he's written a fascinating book books we'll talk about his books but the reason why we have him today because he's initiated learning at tuesdays and thursdays called hakol beseder shas review so rabbi alan schwartz thank you for joining us thanks for having me zev it's great to be on, on the program again you know it has been a while and i appreciate the opportunity to to spread a little of this it's called hakol beseder and we, we will be running through the six sidarim of the talmud we started just this morning with Maseches Brachos, and it's a 15-minute session where we get through, to go through the entire Masechta. It's a little challenging when we get up to, let's say, Maseches Shabbos. There's 24 chapters to try to do that in 15 minutes, but you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure something out. Maybe we'll do that in, in two sessions. But we're we're doing we, we're on we're on target. We did Brachos this morning, and we'll continue on Thursday. Please God, at 9 a.m. Now, which is fantastic. I noticed there's a trend. We're talking off the air that there's more learning going on via Zoom, via other Internet applications, especially in the morning. I assume because of COVID, people are looking for other opportunities. But it also gives you a chance to reach out people who are not part of the shul as well. Very much so. In, in fact, I hope through this program to reach people I might not have reached. Uh, that's a great uh, chance for Habatza Zatara through your program. Also, uh, I, last night, you know, in the snow, uh, my Monday night shear at, at, the, at the shul traditionally would not have gotten so many people. But on Zoom, it was great. So many people were able to plug in. So, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's been something of a blessing to reach out to more people. They're, they're, they're spending an hour studying, listening to a shear. They get the sources. We, we up, download the sources for them online. And it's like we're we're sitting together in the same room, but it's uh, it's you know forty different rooms. So, uh, but it's it's all the same, and and the learning is the same. So that's a a uh, certainly a, a a hidden blessing from all of this. And uh, we we didn't have a snow day. We had we had uh, we had better learning. So it's great. So my question to you, and here's a challenge for other rabbis as well: once COVID, with God's help, will be behind us, which we hope will be very very soon. So will there be a return? Of course, there will be a return to live sure, but I think the uh, the Zoom aspect is here to stay because you can reach so many more people at the same time. No doubt, people will always want to have the the uh, the personal effect. Um, you can't serve dinner over Zoom, so uh, you know Monday night we usually have dinner. Um, now, now I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to come when we're back. 
but uh, you know you can when you when you're together you 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 uh, obviously can connect in a certain way but but I think the zoom is here to stay I think shoals have if I uh, just a slight tangent are going to uh, want to shore up the time that we spend on Shabbos morning I don't think that uh, you know that during COVID the shoals have been uh, uh, tightening up the, the the time for davening I think that that's going to stay I think that uh, um, you know these two two and a half hour davenings are are, are uh, um, maybe of the past. You know, we, we've been managing to daven an hour and 45 minutes and even sometimes a little less. So uh, maybe there are some things that will we'll take, uh, that will last. Uh, I think people just want to be uh, be around other people and they, they want to well, shake a hand and give a hug to someone they haven't seen in a long time. And, and um, you know, the Gemara talks about making a bracha when you haven't seen someone in 30 days. There's some people we love we haven't seen in a year. And, and, That's a different uh, bracha, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, but uh, so we're, we're going with the, the shuls are evaluating. I just received something this morning from the RCA about you know the the uh, post-COVID uh, uh, plans and the and the committees and what, what's going to change, what's going to remain the same. So, you know, this this we hopefully we'll all be ahead of the curve so that when we're we're ready to get back to normal, uh, whatever that means, uh, we'll we'll be uh, ready to hit the hit the ground running. In the meantime, you know, we have to be uh, creative and, and make it possible for people to very conveniently just flip a switch and hear, uh, you know, a half hour shear about a whole book of Tanakh or a 15 minute shear about a Masechta. You know, that's, 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 I think we have to get that, uh, people get them under the belt, you know, while, while we're still uh, in, in uh, quarantine where we can, uh, can enhance the learning as much as possible. No, I, I love the idea. But my question to you is, before I get back to the actual learning, is that from what I'm hearing from other rabbis, is, and you're correct, the long services, Shabbos morning, maybe history, even Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, might be completely different after this past year. But the real challenge, I think, in the modern Orthodox world is maybe getting people back to shul. Yes, there'll certain people be coming, but there's some people, and I'm hearing this, that are used to not going to shul on Shabbos. I think there may be a problem getting them back to come. Yeah, I think we have we have to look at each constituency separately. My experience is that uh, families with young children, it's been very tough to get them back. But look, uh, right now, you know, all bets are off. While it still might not be safe for some people, you know they, they'll they'll stay away. We want to protect everybody as much as possible, but uh, that, that I think the biggest challenge will be to get the uh, the uh, the young kids. Look, shoals aren't having children's groups right now, um, at least not indoors. We actually had uh, children's groups on the in the in the outdoor sukkah area, um, and the kids were were distanced. You know, kids are a little safer than than older people, and uh, we have to just bring the bring the parents back. Let the, the kids usually tell their parents, "This is where I want to daven." You know. They have a puppet show here. They have good candy there. They have good, you know. So the kids will tell their parents where to daven. We have to, we have to make sure we give, we give a, uh, uh, you know, a, a great Shabbos morning experience for them, and and they'll bring their families back. I, I, I feel confident that 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 will happen. Got to get teens more involved. You know, you can get very lethargic when you haven't been in, in class for a long time. This is especially a problem in Israel. But uh, but here, I mean, we just have to have to maybe if, if it's starting from scratch. Our people have done that in the past. You know, when my father's uh, ghetto was liquidated, he escaped and he came back. So her neighbors said, don't worry, in two weeks, you'll be able to get your house back. You'll be able to return back to normal. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, you know, 
if we had been told last March that we'd be here in, you know, in planning uh, Purim again like this and planning Pesach again like this, uh, we wouldn't have believed it. But here we are. We have to be safe. And I, I, I feel, I know, I just feel confident that uh, with with good, with good creative planning, shuls, uh, I think, have, need to to uh, uh, um, prioritize excellent uh, children's programming. And um, that you know we've we've made that a priority, and and and, and we're going to uh, we're going to run with that, and hope that hope that that brings them back. Yeah, that's the Chabad model. That's one of the successes of Chabad is having the kids bring in the parents, and I think it's a great model. They've been very successful with that all over the country and the world. So quite so. So getting back, we're speaking with Rabbi Alan Schwartz, a spiritual leader of Congregation of Tzedek in Manhattan, and we're looking at some innovative programming that they have in place for people to learn just 15 minutes twice a week. And you alluded to it before, Rabbi Schwartz, can you actually convey the taste of the Talmud, of the Gemara in 15 minutes? And are you open to people who are not that familiar with Gemara? So is it good for beginners as well? Yeah, I should hope so. I, I wrote a big note for myself, uh, translate everything. Um, I sometimes, when I speak too quickly, and I, of course you have to speak quickly if you want to do all of the Sechus in 15 minutes. So, uh, you know, just uh, you have to have to do try to make it what's called Shavalachol Nefesh, make it uh, equal for everybody. And, uh, and you know, you, you, I also want to appeal to people who uh, who know a thing or two. So, you know, I shared a little Chiddush uh, of the Vilna Gaon and... and, and uh, a little etymology of the word brachos, you know, uh, when we when we say baruchu, we, we, we bow, we bend the knee. So berech means knee. So when you blessed someone in the ancient world, you you, you bowed to them. You you know, you, you're blessing your God, you got to bow. So berech, knee, and body parts were always very early on in a, in a language's uh, etymology and etymological development. So the, uh, so the word berech, knee, became a bracha, became something of a blessing. So, so uh, because you bend the knee when you bless something, like we do at Barhu. So, you know, we did, we did, uh, we go, we go through a little scholarship, a little, a little, uh, you know, a little drash, a little shot, a little, uh, pill pull. Try to do all that in 15 minutes. It's a little creative, but, uh, you know, we'll see. So far, we, I, I hope we got, we got, uh, through brachas that way, and we'll see how we, uh, now get through the rest of Zroyim, which is a little esoteric. It's mostly the, the laws of agriculture in Israel. But each Masechta will have its own challenge, and I hope to continue with that and, and, um, and take it straight through. So you're open to beginners and people who are more advanced, to men, women also involved, invited? You know, people will tune in and see, well, no, this is too, too, too much for me, or this is too little for me. And hopefully, you know, you can't, you can't make everybody happy with everything, but hopefully there'll be a little something for everybody. And um, it's taped, so you can, you can just uh, you know, you can listen to it at your own time. And if you want to be there in live and, and you know, Make a comment or two on on uh, in real time. So, so uh, that, that's that's at nine o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and it's called Hakol Beseder because the uh, the, the six orders of Shas are called uh, Sedarim. They're, each one is a Seder, so you're going to get the whole Seder over time. Now, how do people access this? How do people tune in, whether it's live or after the learning session officially is on Tuesday and Thursday mornings at nine a.m. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's right on the, the show's website. We send out uh, you know the blasts of, uh, of everybody a few, few times a week, you know, just just to how to get on. But, uh, it's on the show's website. We'll tell you, and you can you know all the, all the shiurim you can get that way. You know. I'll give that information. That's ozny.org, dot org. O z n y dot org. 
if you want to get into, if you want to zoom into the learning that takes place every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 a.m. live, and you can access it anytime afterwards. Rabbi Alan Schwartz is our guest, a spiritual leader, congregation, Ohev Tzedek, a prolific author. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hi, this is David Gabe, and you're listening to The Zev Brenner Show. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, our guest is Rabbi Alan Schwartz, the spiritual leader of Congregation of Tzedek in the west side of Manhattan, been there since 1988. He also holds the Raymond J. Greenwald Chair in Jewish Studies at YU, where he's taught since 1983, teaches in Stern College as well as in Manhattan Day School, Manhattan, and he offers a number of scholarly books for him, including uh, commentary of the Rokeach to the Book of the Mishlei, as well as his Pesach Haggadah, and his new book is called Conflict Resolution, The Early Prophets. Good to speak with you again, Rabbi Schwartz. Uh, always a pleasure. So, let's, you have such a diverse amount of books, I understand one, two, two more books are in the works, and we'll get to that in just a few moments, but um, with, with Pesach not too far ahead, let's first focus on the Haggadah. So what makes the Haggadah different from the Haggadahs that are already out there? Well, that's, that's a question I might want to, want to uh, ask uh, somewhere during the Seder. This Haggadah is different from all other Haggadahs because it's actually four Haggadahs in one. This, the Haggadah is called the Four Sons Haggadah. And everything that is discussed in the Haggadah is presented from the standpoint of four different approaches. There are four different children that show up at the at the Seder, right? One is a Chacham, he's wise. Another one is Shener de Elishol, which I call withdrawn. Then there's someone called the Rasha. I don't like to call the child wicked. He showed up to the Seder. He was wicked. He wouldn't have showed up at all. We call him a cynic. He needs his own special types of, uh, of responses. And he is asking a question after all. And then the fourth one is the Tum, who I don't call simple. I call him pure. He's actually the favorite one of the, of the four, because if he's simple, then, then it's, it's incongruous in terms of the, the classification of the children, where three would be classified by their intellectual capacity, wise and, and uh, um, not able to ask, ask, uh, even ask a question, and, and simple, and only one by morality, which is Russia. Rather, the Tum is pure. He's the one opposite the, the Russia, because um, the two of them are often parallel in, in, in biblical verses, as the Vilna Gon points out. And, and the Chacham is obvious opposite the Shenor de Lishol, the withdrawn child. 
So every question, every point that's raised in the Haggadah has a, um, a response to, in order to appeal to each one of these children. You don't want to give an answer um, for a Shenori De'elisho, for a withdrawn child, that, that might, might, he might need a very different kind of answer than a cynical child might need. So, uh, so that's that's what the, the Haggadah does. It takes upon every every paragraph from the, the standpoint of four di- these four different approaches. What I like from what you're saying is that the Russia, who's considered the evil one, is uh, certainly the verses in the Torah have a different answer, less of an edge than the ones in the Haggadah, where they talk about putting his teeth on edge. And I think it's absolutely correct, because I had asked an outreach rabbi, I think it was a rabbi, a Chabad rabbi in San Francisco, is who are the easiest people to outreach to? And he says the people that are asking questions, even if they're cynical, even if they're, you know, somehow have a negative attitude, they're the most easy people to reach out to, considering somebody who's apathetic, is something who doesn't even show up to the Seder, doesn't show up to the classes, doesn't show up to the synagogue. He's the hardest per he or she is the hardest people to reach because they're not interested. As long as they're engaged, you can reach out to them. Absolutely. What's, what's worse than the Shener de Elishol is the Shener Rotzeli Shol, right? What's worse than the one who doesn't know how to ask is the one who, who does know how to ask but, but doesn't want to ask. We've got to reach that person too. We've got, we've got to reach out to people. And and uh, we but uh, if they showed up at the seder, you, I have an I have an answer for you. So uh, so uh, that this this Haggadah is uh, is will will hopefully help you navigate those kind of questions. You no, know, the questions are something like how, how can you prove to me that these ten plagues happened or or uh, um, certain contradictions in the Torah. Whenever I had something in in the realm of scholarship, I always gave that answer to the cynical child. So I was able to uh, to make it a, a very uh, you know, of course, I fabricate the questions. You know, I'm right. asking the questions. My agada. So, so, uh, um, so the so I, I'm able to to give multiple uh, approaches um, under the guise of responding to four different types of children. Now, you take on different approaches, and I guess it's a harder, safer, harder book. is Conflict Resolution of the Early Prophets. I know you specialize in Tanakh, and but we don't really teach the prophets in, in, in the yeshivas as much. We teach mostly, mostly Chumash, mainly Gemara, and we sort of tend to lose Tanakh, um, Navis. So I'm glad that you have a book about it. And I know for a while you were doing learning in Tanakh for the general public as well. What can we do to promote more learning of Tanakh? Well, uh, you can get this book for Nevi'im Rishonim. You know, it's the early prophets, uh, um, the, the books of Joshua, Judges, and, and Samuel. The, it was uh, um, another study included uh, Malachim that was based on my, on my work. And it, it basically, with, with the, the conflict resolution, is, are found over 100 cases in the early prophets where uh, there was a violation of the Torah. That's the conflict. But in order to get into the book, you have to, um, it has to be a case where the biblical author seems to be oblivious of the fact that there is a Torah violation at all. Right? If the, if the story says, Vayas Hashem, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, that doesn't get into my book because it's clear that the author thought that the, that behavior was wrong. So this is actually was, was originally meant to be a polemical work. You know, the Bible criticism says, of course, Shmuel doesn't know certain laws of the Torah. The Torah wasn't written yet. That's not an, uh, it's an untenable position for us. So, so we, we show that the rabbis were very much aware of the fact that the book seems to, to be oblivious of the fact, let's say that David 
takes back his wife, Michal, after she was the wife of another man. Or David sends a peace treaty to the Ammonites, uh, contravening the Torah's law that uh, not to do so with the Ammonites. And, and in those cases, the, the biblical text seems to think that there's nothing wrong with those things. So, so, um, that's, that's the, the, uh, um, the, the basic point. And I collect all the answers and the resolutions that are found in, in rabbinic literature and in footnotes, mostly the, the post rabbinic literature. And, um, that's what we have to do to make the Bible as interesting as possible, as scholarly as possible, and, and as, as learned as possible. So we have, we have a very broad audience. I have these four children, not just at the Haggadah. I want them at my table studying Bible too. So, uh, you know, it has to, it has to be, again, shavu l'chol nefesh, for equal for everybody. And I hope that this, this book will, uh, it's, it was uh, printed by Kodesh Press, and it's uh, really wonderful to work with them. And, um, and that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the latest, uh, the latest book to come out. But I just finished another one that I'm just sending again to Mosaica Press, which did the Haggadah, which is a Parsha book. And that is also something special. Um, at Oeb Tzedek over the years, I've been doing, uh, speaking quite a bit over Shabbos. You know, I start Friday night with a, you know, a, a, a more spiritual kind of word to get the, get the Shabbos rolling. And Friday night is a time where we celebrate creation. Uh, you know, it says, Tachlishim, Ba'aretz, and in the, uh, it's all about the creation in, in our prayers. And, and then I usually at the end of, at the end of uh, the service have what's called a Musser moment, some kind of, uh, of quick snippet that, that people can take with them. And and in the book, I I, um, I start with the Friday night Bar Torah, and I go to a Shabbos morning Bar Torah that uh, basically introduces the parsha, and that's the Shabbos morning prayer um, stresses the the, the uh, Matan Torah that we're going to read about this coming Shabbos in, in the parsha, and that's called Yismach uh, Moshe B'Mat Naschalko, and and then we we uh, we move to Musaf, which is all about the Messianic era. Um, where we'll return to a, 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 the, the service of, Ash, of God in the, in the temple. And then Mincha is all about like which is for Olam Haba. So we go through like a historical framework of, of, of mankind's purpose, starting with the Garden of Eden, going straight through history all the way out towards the Messianic era. And those are four separate Divrei Torah that run through Shabbos, each with its own purpose. So, here, so here's my question to you. You mentioned that you like to have the four sons, including the Russian. Well, here, here it's Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod, the four different approaches to uh, to uh, um, biblical uh, literature that, that our rabbis tend to take, which you know spells pardes, that you get into the, into the orchard of Torah um, with these four different approaches to Bible. So, and then the Musar moment is, is the fifth, which is uh, um, which gets to the uh, um, that comment that that uh, of of some kind of uh, of uh, aphorism to, for life, but then there are five other parts of each parsha. One is a dvar Torah for birth, so it could be a shalom zohar, a simchat bat, a bris, a pigeon aben, anything that involves birth. Then there's a seventh dvar Torah about bar and bas mitzvah, coming of age there. Then an eighth dvar Torah about uh, marriage. Marriage and uh, and uh, um, anything that involves like a sheva brachos or or anything of that sort, and, um, and that's actually six, seven, eight, yes. And then there's a ninth Tvar Torah, which which is uh, about Shalashodis, and then there's a tenth Tvar Torah, which is the word of the parsha, some kind of unusual word that appears in this parsha. Like this past week would have been mechuspas, 
right? It describes the man. Or maybe the word man, right? Each parsha has, has like, for Noah, it's Tsohar, right? For, for um, Bayetze, it's Sulam. That word, which a uh, common word that means ladder, only appears once in the whole Bible. Sulam. Why is that the word for ladder? So, uh, and then we talk about uh, uh, ancient cognates, Akkadian, and, 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 and some other uh, uh, Semitic languages like Ugarit or Arabic or Aramaic that might uh, influence the Hebrew word and how it's been used over the years. And that those are the 10 Divrei Torah on each parsha. And that's, so, that's not a very big book. That's going to be out when? Uh, well, it's in time for Bereshus. Bereshus is out. And um, I'm said, just sent it to uh, Mosaica Press for uh, getting time for next uh, Simchas Torah. So this will be a little like the Haggadah in that it's a little something for everybody. And, um, and you know, it's, let's say it's Parshas Vayetze and you're going to a Sheva Bracha and then they ask you to say it Bar Torah. So you got to get this book and, and look up Vayetze <laughs> and get, get uh, just part eight and you'll see about marriage. And, uh, and there you go. You have a homemade Bar Torah ready to go. Sounds so we're looking forward to the book. We have to have you back when that happens. Before I let you go, though, you mentioned about the four sons, and you want the four sons to also participate in the learning that's taking place. So here's the challenge. With COVID, I'm sure it's even more difficult. How do we get more people? Because if you look at most Jews today, they're apathetic. They're not involved uh, with religion. Uh, I mean, we have, yes, we have Bali Chuvas and people who have, who've come to Judaism, but the majority of Jews really have no knowledge of what Judaism is all about. How do we reach out to them? What do you think is a good approach that we should, should be taking but are not doing? I, I think we have to be ready to do things that we might have been a little apprehensive to do. I think maybe we should dance. Maybe we should be dancing. Maybe at Kabbalah Shabbos we should have dancing. You know, obviously, you know, it's an orthodox show. You know, just dancing. Just, we're, 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 just dance like, like Simchas Torah. Maybe we, we need we need to, to have um, more creative kiddushes. You know, we have to we have to we have to be creative how to get those people back in. Maybe we maybe it's uh, to have surveys, but we have to be ready to do things with that that uh, we might have been apprehensive to do in the past, might have been shy to do, and say, listen, shul, people just want to go to shul. Maybe some people just want to go to shul and get it over with. Friday night at Oev Tzedek used to take an hour, an hour and ten minutes. You know, it was always very electric, and you know that. Remember after 9-11, I don't know if you were in Shul at the time when those firemen came in after 9-11, about 40 firemen came in and we gave like a 15-minute standing ovation. Wow. And they were crying right after 9-11. It was just amazing. We arranged for them to come in from all over and and they just, they just uh, you know, they walked in, they saw the packed Shul. And, um, you know, and people have to have those those recollections and, 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 and repeat them and, 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 and make and create memories for them. And and uh, but maybe some other people don't want that. Maybe they just want a thirty-five minute, forty-minute Friday night davening and get out of there and, and have dinner. So you can have an express, you can have an express minion and a, de- de- maybe, and a different maybe, minion. Maybe shows that have uh, multiple rooms. You know, you may, maybe maybe everyone wants to be in their own little thing. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe Spartim and Ashkenazim. Uh, we have to we have to we have to be a little creative. Boards have to have to uh, maybe have those surveys. What, what 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 do you want in order to get back, right? And and uh, we 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 have to do it because you know. And, and we, look, we're up to it. Jews have, have we're very resilient. 
And when you, you as you were talking, you remind me that Yeshiva Universe. Here's the thing, though, with the modern, with the Litvish or modern Orthodoxy, one of the problems they have is very cerebral, but they're missing some of the Hasidic spirit. I know why you try to bring in a Mashkiach Ruchni, a spiritual uh, Rav, a Rabbi, to try to bring more of the Hasidic flavor into it. So what you're saying is, is maybe modern Orthodox shuls have to have more Hasidic flavor, the singing, the dancing, and maybe the big kiddish or the more elaborate kiddish. I have a theory that the more from the congregation, the more elaborate the kiddish, and the less religious the congregation, the worse the kiddish. I don't know if anybody ever done a, a real survey. It's just one that, that that I joke around about it. But maybe that's part of it. Is is being more innovative, more creative, and try to reach out to people and listening to what they have to say to bring them back into shul. Perhaps, perhaps there are always different constituencies, and I think that I think on Shabbos morning we have to tighten up the davening. I think if people get out of shul and start at like nine, nine fifteen, and they're out by eleven, they might be open to uh, to having let's say learning a learning program once a month or or uh, you know to stick around for lunch. Or, you know, I, th- I think we have to we have to shore up the time. And uh, I, you know, uh, but do we have to make davening a little bit more exciting though? Because people just daven through the words, not knowing what they're saying, and so there may be something where it becomes rote as opposed to being inspirational and spiritual. So maybe we can do something also about that as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe in each davening, concentrate on a different part of the davening. Maybe instead of a sermon, uh-huh. um, maybe uh, you know, let, let's talk today about this part of Musaf. Anybody know why we say Tikanto Shabbos with Sisukabanoseha? We we spell the alphabet backwards. What is that? What does that mean? What, what do we do it? So there are some excellent Rishonim and, and, and commentaries. There's Nora Zarua that explains that amazingly beautiful in light of in light of a, of a verse in Sefer Zacharia, uh, and uh, you know what what that's all about, and, and, and it becomes an, an incredibly beautiful uh, prayer. So yeah, I think we have to we have to uh, we have to get into more of that. Rabbi Alan Schwartz, spiritual leader of Congregation of Setting Manhattan, thank you for joining us. I invite everybody, they can also hear some of Rabbi Schwartz's classes, those 50-minute classes, Tuesday and Thursday mornings, uh, where you can get a taste of Talmud. It's called Hakol Beseder Shastri Vu. You can go to ozny.org for more information. And are your books on there on the OZ website as well, Rabbi Schwartz? Yes, yes, the office has, has uh, you know, they're all available there. The Mishle, the Haggadah, the conflict resolution, and please God, just in time for Simchas Torah, Parshas Malay Parsha book. Look forward to that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Zev. It's great, great to speak to you again, and stay well, stay healthy. Amen. Thank you, and we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.